Welcome to the Data Strategy Show. My name's Samir Sharma, and I'll be your host for the next 60 minutes. My guest today is Vukosi Sambo. Vukosi is an experienced executive with over 10 years of experience in insurance, banking, FMCG, and market research. He is an expert specialist in data science, digital strategies, infonomics, data monetization, risk management, and actuarial business architecture, consumer research and insights, remuneration design, process analysis, change and operations management. He currently serves as the Chief Data Officer at Kyelo, a South African health insurer with over one million lives undercover, specializing in primary healthcare, wellness programs, gap cover and on-site clinics. He also serves as the Chairperson of the Remuneration Committee, Member of the People Committee, Member of the IT and Data Committee, and Companies Group Executive Committee. Prior to joining Kyello, Vukosi held senior roles in Discovery Bank, SAB, Nelson, and Discovery Health. He's won several awards, including Global Top 100 Data Visionaries 2020, Discovery CEO Outstanding Leader Star Award, and Top Region Matriculant Limpopo. I hope you enjoy the episode, and please do leave your comments. Vukosi Sambo, welcome to the Data Strategy Show. It's such a delight to have you here. Vukosi, you are the Chief Data Officer for Kyello, and it really is a privilege to have you on, and you're based in Johannesburg, aren't you? So, listen, uh, Vukosi, um, pleasure to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to data? Thanks, Amir. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. privilege um, honor to be your guest today. So yes, based in Jobek, and I know you are all the way from London. Uh, my journey has been uh, quite an interesting and exciting mm -hmm. one. I think from a South African context, it, I must say that the data science and the chief data officer role, it's a fairly new one. It probably hasn't matured as, as uh, in the uh, Europe or North America or some of the more developed economies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we probably didn't have this role 10 years ago, quite frankly. And um, I started my career over 10 years, so this didn't exist, so did um, data science. And right. I feel like I stumbled into all of this uh, as I went along. Uh -huh. What um, uh, consistent is that somehow I have always been working with data in different uh, areas. So I started more on the reporting or BI side of uh, right data or data analytics mm -hmm. uh, and I also learned quite a bit in terms of like data warehouse databases uh, earlier on in my career and I started moving more into uh, market research I mm -hmm. worked for at some point in my time mm -hmm. uh, in my career uh, and uh, as the data fraternity evolved especially in South Africa and kind of formalized to what we see now which is more data science mm -hmm. uh, by, by that fundamental history of uh, just the strong uh, data management data governance uh, mm -hmm. principles uh, that's how i ended up more as a chief data officer for kyelo mm -hmm. uh, i've been data officer for about uh, two years now okay it's been quite exciting journey uh, also playing my role in terms of uh, defining or shaping what really a uh, chief data officer is and interacting with other colleagues in the industry, mm -hmm. especially in the context as to how they see that role for their organization 
we've seen organizations that split that role between CDO and also the chief analytics officer. But in my case, I look at the entire end-to-end -end, um, uh, process. Mm. So it's been quite an interesting journey, and I wouldn't imagine myself really doing anything different than data. Whether you call it data science or chief data officer or analytics, yes. data really is more my DNA. So it's yeah. been an exciting journey, and I've grown a lot over the last uh, 10 plus years. Fantastic. That's a great introduction. I love the fact that you've, you've gone through that, um, the, the organic view of, of data and how it's emerged over time. But um, it's really good to hear about you being in that role as chief data officer. What's been, what, and, and I think what I'd like to understand is, as a new type of role within your industry, within, within your business, what have been some of the areas um, or, or challenges that you've seen in terms of your role, data, and the wider business? And how, how did you overcome those as a pretty new function? Because I think, you know, you mentioned that there are, you know, maybe the Western world, i.e. Europe and America, are a little bit more mature, but sometimes I don't see that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm always speaking to different chief data officers and, and, and understanding where they are on that journey and their challenges um, and how they overcame that. So th that'd be really good to understand. I think the biggest challenge is that um, organizations, uh, same as Kaelo and even my previous employers, have in a way always uh, really used data mm -hmm. to make uh, decisions. But what I've seen fundamentally change over the last few years is that data has moved from being this back office supporting processes and just mm -hmm. more thing to the front line to say now it is at the center of how we understand uh, consumption behavior, how we understand our products. And I think there's been this significant transition from uh, uh, that old way of data to data being talked about as an asset. I yes. do think that a lot of people who or don't understand or their different mm. views of what it actually really means. But for me, I've always translated it is I've always kind of went back to what is for the longest time been referred to as asset, especially say the physical asset that we even report on in the in, in the financials mm -hmm. according to the global accounting standards sure. and try to draw similarities to say uh, does data satisfy most of those principles and if it does how can we start measuring and treating it mm -hmm. uh, as Asset just like we would a normal physical asset. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. has been one of the most exciting parts of this journey for me. Whether eventually we as data practitioners advocate for this to be eventually included in the balance sheet. Of yes, I would hope. <laughs> yes. Obviously for that, because that's how much I believe yeah. data is an asset. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I, can't just, I just can't imagine some of the trillion dollar organizations mm. uh, viewed or their assets being viewed outside data. So actually probably their most valuable asset is data. Is data. Yeah. Probably uh, is part of that argument, but whether we'll see it in the accounting uh, reports, it's a separate story. Yeah. So, so, so with, uh, the, uh, with that view, with every asset, obviously one of the main assumptions is that this, um, uh, this, uh, value or, or return that you try to realize over time 
from that asset. So that has kind of really informed uh, this logical conclusion that said, if I'm going to look at data as an asset, mm -hmm. I need to emphasize the need to create the value or to monetize yep. Yep. this asset so that I can demonstrate how much of an asset or how valuable mm -hmm. an asset is. Mm -hmm. So it's really underpinned this uh, direction that we have taken or that I've steered as an organization mm -hmm. into create a monetization strategy. What has really worked well for me uh, with that strategy is that uh, the minute you start talking that uh, monetization language and you demonstrate the value, you actually find that it's easier to speak to your colleagues around the table, I mean, at a senior level, because that's the language they understand. Yes. And for the time, we data practitioners have, have not elevated to the level where we speak the business language. Mm -hmm. Interesting point. So, yeah, sorry. In terms Carry of how we're creating products, in terms yes. of how data is helping yeah. uh, with efficiency. So it's the things we're doing, but we just didn't take it one dimension, mm -hmm. you know? So, so in, in, interesting for me then, because you, you, you talk about asset, you talk about monetization. Um, to, to get the investment in that asset, how do, you, how do you start to prove the value? And also, so there's two questions there. There's one about proving the value of data, telling our colleagues in different parts of the business, look, you know, you, you are sitting on a gold mine. You are sitting on data that is, could help you improve the processes internally, you know, create better products. But equally, we're thinking about how do we, um, as, and, and on the other side, is monetization. So, you know, how do you do that, have those conversations first? And then in your context, it would be really good to understand the definition of monetization because lots of people have their own views. Most people, when you raise data monetization, they run for the hills because they think you're going to sell their data and, it, you know, the world is going to end and we're going to be in a dystopian future. So it would just be great to understand from those two contexts, an asset value and then the, the, the definition of monetization. Thanks. So, so yes, yeah, starting more with um, uh, the definition of data monetization mm. Mm. Uh, in terms of how we see it uh, on our side is that uh, I've, I've got an extended definition, if I can call it that. It's sure. more comprehensive to the traditional view. Uh, like you say, that scares um, people off to say, you are now going to start uh, selling our data off. Yes. What about regulation that is linked yeah. to that and all of that? To say, I think for me, I've just simplified it to say, the minute you are creating value or wealth that is measured in rand or dollar or pound terms, um, from uh, the use of data, then you are actually monetizing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I've told most people every time I talk about this, that you're probably already doing this. Yes. You just to probably make it more your strategy and make it more your focus because it just, for me, is a very effective way of uh, looking at data. It's value-driven mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. value, value. So, uh, uh, with that said, uh, we, we do still acknowledge the external and the internal uh, trading components that is linked uh, uh, to how you then uh, proceed. So the internal uh, part will generally be how you use data to gain insights that help you create efficiencies in your in your processes, um, uh, things you can uh, automate and also then taking it to how you can wrap uh, data solutions around uh, how you create products. And even in terms of 
even the traditional products, how you can embed some of the reporting to your clients to add more value to how mm -hmm. they the product itself. Mm -hmm. So the product design itself, but secondly, in how the some of the traditional products with just embedding some of the smart reporting that uh, your clients can interact and understand your products in a modern sure. already has a lot of value, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of retention, cross-sell, upsell of your mm -hmm. existing products. And there is obviously a room for the external uh, data trading given the regulatory um, uh, landscape that you operate in and also just your views in terms of how you see uh, 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 that data exchange um, uh, uh, model and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the kind of data you're looking at, obviously. I mean, we deal with uh, data, so there's obviously a lot of confidentiality. Sure. And so we do also need to be quite careful before of course. we or any form of external uh, data monetization mm -hmm. at all. So uh, actually most of our monetization is as much as I've made it a central strategy is actually internal than external. Anyway. Okay. So, so we've seen that and where we have uh, the approach that I've really taken is that um, you, you look for quick wins, low hanging yes. fruits. What you do is for me build momentum, pick one of the easiest low hanging fruit mm -hmm. within the US and quickly demonstrate that value and uh, have business realize that value quickly with minimal uh, spend in terms mm -hmm. of the question that you ask in terms of investing into those assets. Sure. But let you, you, you demonstrate that to your uh, stakeholders and you give them some sort of a roadmap to say, this is how much more we could do using similar concepts and these are the areas of opportunity and still uh, take that approach of to say uh, the uh, ease and impact metrics. That's what I kind of like really use. How easy it is to do this and what is the impact and really those low hanging fruits, but also understand the longer term, more sustainable um, uh, initiatives that you may want to embark on that will prove quite useful in the long run, you know? Mm -hmm. and Actually invest in those and ensure that the, some of the short-term ones are paying for that investment. In of way. course. Yeah. Just makes it uh, more well received by the mm. uh, by the uh, senior management and anyone who's uh, yeah. who are going to get to sponsor these initiatives. So when when you came in to um, uh, Kayalo and you you know you started to look around and you started to think, okay, well we've got to start using our data better. Um, one of the things that you and I have discussed is around aligning it to the business strategy. Yes. How did you start to pull in your colleagues? How did you start to make a, a, an informed opinion about who was doing what, where you needed to target and focus those low-hanging fruit, and how, you know, so other new chief data officers or chief analytics officers out there thinking, how do I do this? Where do I go? You know, what did, what, what did you set up and what, what sort of teams did you put around yourself, you know, in the first, I don't know, 100 days or, or what would the... What would the, let's say, the priorities for you as a chief data officer engaging with a business who might be slightly um, thinking, who is this guy? There's another chief. You know, there's another, you know, in the C-suite. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we come up against quite a lot. So it's just, you know, from your, your insights, it would be really interesting to hear how you provided them with that um, 
uh, view on how you bring that, that value to the table? Yes, um, uh, rightly put there, because I mean, this was a role that did not exist. So mm. I was uh, not necessarily replacing anyone. You yes. know, it was a new role. Yes. So firstly, I had to like really help people come to terms with what is this real, uh, role yeah. really all about, like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. And then uh, move uh, from there to say, this role being intentional, it's here to kind of lift data to the next um, level and help you to start treating data uh, uh, more preciously as an mm -hmm. asset because of mm -hmm. the value that is tend to gain from you treating it that way. Sure. And then um, in terms of uh, uh, most of the stakeholders that you generally find that are involved in this process, like you say, are then the other people in the organization. So the minute we had this discussion at Exco, there was a fairly good alignment and that's why the role was created in the first place. But mm -hmm. uh, obviously the, when it comes to working, working the talk and uh, really uh, executing this uh, strategy, it was then getting your hands dirty and trying to work with yes. everyone in the whole organization. Mm -hmm. And the things there that um, I've learned along that journey I mean, I would be lying if I said it has been a perfect journey in terms of... Oh, I'm sure it hasn't. <laughs> um, but one of the big factors has been the literacy issue. I think we, we uh, I'm not sure about your guys' side, but I mean, we come from a, a, a background where people just um, are a bit uh, afraid of data. When they think data, they think mm -hmm. for clever guys and they get overwhelmed, you know, and trying to get people slightly data literate, but in a way that is appropriate for them. It's yes. been one of the key uh, programs that we have had to concurrently mm -hmm. with this uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. We get people to even to be, to be users of, um, uh, of data in a way that is appropriate for them. And that's where I quickly learned that this was a bit of a 70-20-10 split. Actually 70% right. of the people, I, mean, I think Jeff Welsh talks about this a lot. So 70% of, of your people really are basic users. Say they don't really need to overly interrogate the data even. They just need to understand the basic metrics that actually relate to uh, performance outputs in their own environment, sure. especially in ops. Mm -hmm. And really only 20% starts really interrogating and uh, investigating the data and wanting to understand deeper insights and details. And 10% will be your super users, which will mm -hmm. be your data science team building these advanced analysis machine learning models and so forth. So the minute you realize, you realize that, you realize that you've got a good opportunity to reach a wider network without having to really do the complicated stuff. And I went to those ops people and I basically positioned myself as an enabler to say, I'm here to help you understand your world better and help mm -hmm. you take your level of performance from one level to another. To another. Okay. So that enabling approach of making them understand that I'm here to help you do your job better and do it better uh, and do more of what you've been mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. was a really, really good start. Because I think sometimes people, when they think reporting, they think you are there to expose their shortfalls. Uh, yes. They are not doing so that they get in trouble with the senior management. Mm -hmm. Minute we changed that mindset. And okay. So we're invested mm -hmm. in more literate mm -hmm. around to use data dashboards and so forth we found them more welcoming and more receptive to, uh, to, to the plan. And the minute they engaging with it, you just saw this overall lift and improvement in just the decision-making mm -hmm. 
capability. Mm -hmm. So this is what I call the tacit returns, even in the monetization to say, just even the way people now uh, interact with the clients, how they make decisions, you can tell that it's a lot more different. It's a lot more empowered than it was without this data. But you had to first get them comfortable and warm to, and receptive to using the mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in, uh, and, and yeah, I think data literacy itself is probably and still continues to be an extremely um, uh, immature aspect all over the world. I don't think there's uh, one continent that does it better than another. I think they all still have their flaws in terms of uh, mostly the funniest thing was when reading some of the data literacy project outcomes and outputs and results, you tend to find that there's a 90 to 95% data literacy issue within finance departments. So that is also <laughs> really quite an amazing factor um, around, um, uh, you know, you thinking that they should be perfect, they should be understanding data, but it's specific because, you know, it's right. It's about how do we take a piece of data, how do we extrapolate insight from it, and how do we make, how, or how do we take actions and, and decisions from that bit? Now, not everybody is absolutely aware that I need to do X, Y, and Z uh, once I've done this. So, um, so yes, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's basically that. So, the, 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 the one thing that, you know, um, we talked about data monetization. Just um, tell me about how you embedded a system or process or um, uh, foundation of, of data monetization. I think uh, uh, how I embedded it is to say hello is the, is the gospel. So it doesn't matter how fancy your model, your analytics is. It needs to be simplified to the level of um, what will it deliver in terms of return on investment to mm -hmm. whether you're trying to improve a process or you're trying to design better product, what are your projections as to what the uptake of that product is if you, you so believe that there's something rich in your data that has given you insight on how to make a product or benefit enhancement that mm -hmm. you want to take to market. So... Um, I have literally always just challenged uh, every data output that we've done to always have that uh, last piece of saying, what is the uh, uh, projected value that will come from uh, these insights, from uh, this dashboard, from mm -hmm. this piece of analysis. And I mean, we haven't necessarily uh, gotten it accurate. I mean, in some, in some instances, we have like literally gotten that prediction of how much value was sitting in that uh, insight, completely wrong. But I think it has started changing the way people think, firstly, and that was for me the most important thing. Sure. In cases, we have, we have even just understated even the value. So it's actually, we've been pleasantly surprised in mm. a way. Mm. <laughs> so I think uh, creating a framework as to anything that we do from a data analytics point of view, needs to uh, take these um, uh, main things to say, uh, what is the value that you are trying to derive? Um, uh, how does it help the business achieve its objective? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what is the analytics that you need or insights that you are trying to establish to be able to, to, to answer or to, to meet those needs mm -hmm. uh, for the 
business or for the client, and then uh, tell me what data, uh, what are the different sources that you could be getting the, the data to be able to achieve that. Do you need to augment ex uh, other yeah. external data sources or is uh, the data from your operational um, uh, system uh, fairly rich and sufficient enough for you to make enough uh, or reliable insights that will guide the business in their decision making or not and that obviously then start guiding you whether you are happy with what you have or you want to enrich it a lot more and also understanding uh, uh, the analytics output itself if you are trying to it's one thing to establish a relationship versus trying to just do a prediction yes the data that you will need the quality and everything mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. so try to build this framework to say this is the business this is the business question these are the things we're trying to achieve as the business what are the data uh, answers that will uh, will answer those questions mm -hmm. uh, uh, what kind of models do you or analytics do you want to build what do those require do do they require um, uh, uh, this level of data or complexity or quality and so forth. Building it into a framework to say no one ever does anything in an isolated way that sure. comes as if it was a data uh, issue or an analytics exercise or a monetization exercise or a business exercise. It mm -hmm. needs to always be part of a one chain all the time. You, the, the, the more you reinforce that integration, the easier it just becomes over time. And it helps people just have this good, uh, comprehensive, widespread view of the business itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rukosi, we're coming to the end of our conversation, but I just want to ask one last question. Yes. For those up-and-coming chief data officers um, in Africa, for example, or even around the world, what are the top three things, uh, what advice would you give them um, in order to get to that point and what, what, what are the top three things they need to think about and do to get to becoming a chief data officer? I think uh, firstly for me, um, don't reinvent the wheel. Okay. I think there's, uh, there's a lot of value in what has already been done, mm -hmm. not necessarily be seen as something that will sit in the chief data officer, but actually a lot has already been done. So try to leverage what is existing. Mm -hmm. And I think um, uh, the second thing that I would uh, really advise is to say, you have to do this. I think for me, it feels like the way we were maybe a couple of decades ago about IT, whether organizations are IT organizations or not. Whether companies are IT organizations or not, now it's a separate story, but everyone has IT in their business so in one form or shape. So I think data and data science and AI machine learning are gonna be in every business. So yeah. you have to get into, you have to, to participate in this. You have to participate and you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. But as you do that, make sure that you are designing a solution that is fit for purpose. I think there's no silver bullet here. There's mm -hmm. no one. Make sure you clearly understand what your organization is trying to achieve. And that is why I think you and I share the same passion of trying to link everything to the business strategy because Correct. you can go and adopt and spend even a lot of money on mm -hmm. either tools, tech, and even the effort itself from a data point of view to something that is misaligned to your business objectives and, and goals. Mm -hmm. So for purpose is a very, very important con uh, concept and it helps you just uh, uh, maximize uh, uh, the value 
and essentially that's what it boils down to and you have heard throughout this conversation how i punted on the value issue it's very yes. valuable yeah on that so, note vukosi i've had a wonderful chat with you it's been a pleasure to have you on you. i could talk much longer um <laughs> and i know that we will but i thank you so much for your time and um wish you a good day thank you so much awesome thanks amir have a good one thanks for having me thank you